years ago, the buzzword is additionality. Now it's 100% carbon-free. I mean, it just it evolves so fast in terms of what customers want that I think there'll be endless offerings from your utility to help keep up. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm John Fiella, and welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. We hope you've enjoyed the episodes in season one and invite you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss any of our upcoming conversations. At our recent Renewable Energy Sourcing Forum, Tiffany Menhorn of NLX and Brian Faist of Portland General Electric sat down to discuss the opportunities and risks associated with long-term renewable energy power purchase agreements. We think you'll gain valuable insights from the conversation. Let's get right into it. Hello, I'm Peter Kelly Detweiler. I'm Director of Educational Programs for Smart Energy Decisions. And with me today, I have Tiffany Menhorn, Senior Business Development Manager for Wholesale and Renewable Procurement for NLX. I also have Principal Commercial Initiatives Brian Face for Portland General Electric. Tiffany, if you can start off the conversation, let's get it going. Thank you so much, Peter, and thanks for the Smart Energy Decision Groups for having Brian and I here today. I thought a good place to start was just a brief introduction of what Brian and I do. So Brian, I'll throw it to you for that brief introduction first. Yeah, so I work in a group here in Portland General that is tasked with all the large-scale renewable procurements for the company and also participates in the, the design of a lot of our different renewable energy tariffs. Great. And Tiffany Menhorn here from NLX. So I work particularly with large-scale utility and CNI purchasers and sellers, actually, as they go to embark on their renewable journey. So everything from advising them on their renewable plan to executing that plan and then to optimizing it in the end. So Thank you so much, Brian, for being here. I'm really thrilled to be talking about this. I know you and I have got to talk about it a bit, but the Green Energy Future Impact Tariff was something that Portland General was able to do for large-scale CNI customers to help them source 100% of their energy uh, from new wind and solar facilities dedicated from a PPA through Portland Gen. So that was a huge initiative that you really spearheaded and I'm really thrilled to be talking about it. So for those of you that don't know, that was about 160 megawatts. And that was fully subscribed by CNI customers within three minutes of releasing that tariff. So the utility was able to do that in a very short period of time in phase one of, of a larger scale project. So I would just like to kick it to Brian really to talk a little bit about what happened and, and why that was so successful. Yeah, thanks, Tiffany. So yeah, we heard from our customers that there were quite a few of them, including some of our municipalities here in in the Portland area, 
that wanted to go further faster than what our state renewable portfolio standards requires for renewable and and carbon-free resources. And we didn't really have a way to offer that to them outside of something that was just a more or less like a rec-based program. They wanted something that they could point to a resource so that, you know, additionality is is very important to a lot of the CNI customers. And they also wanted to be able to, to say that the electrons from the, that facility are serving their load. Hearing that sort of demand from our customers, we engaged a third-party consultant to help us understand how our customers are thinking Utilities very often think about things in their in their very narrow lens, and we wanted to understand what our customers actually wanted before we designed a tariff that is rather inflexible once actually put into place. So we engaged with that consultant. We're lucky enough to work with some of our municipal customers to help develop the tariff, as well as some of our commercial and industrial customers as well. And It was a really collaborative process that enabled us to go down to the commission and file for our tariff in a way that was really, everybody was sort of on board, which is always really important for any regulatory filing. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you signed on around 17 different customers and the majority of those were municipalities. Yeah, about half and half. Yeah, Yeah, including the city of Portland, Multnomah County. So those are some of our big cities and then, and then Beaverton, Hillsborough, many, many of our, our municipalities in the area are really committed to green products and they wanted to do it through their utility and we're happy to oblige. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think this is Portland General's first green tariff and, and it was really ambitious and I think you guys are really paving the way for a lot of different utilities. I think when I get to work with utilities and corporates as well, I think what is most unique to me is is the utility company is constantly stuck in this dynamic that they want to be technologically advanced and they want to move things forward, but yet they're so burdened by the regulatory process, whether it be state or federal. What kind of hurdles did you see along the way of pushing this through the regulatory process so that you really met your customers' needs? Luckily, we live in a state that Our governor is very committed to renewable power. Our legislators are very committed to renewable power. So we we have a really strong leg up in terms of delivering something like this for our customers. But that being said, there are still challenges, right? And one one of the big challenges is that not all customers look the same, right? There's folks that have the ability to staff energy industry experts and work through some of these more nuanced items in in renewable procurement. And then there's some folks that just, they just want green energy. They don't have time to think about how to accomplish that, but they know they want green energy, right? Right. The things that we, that is challenging is ensuring that we design something that incorporates the needs for all those people, as well as just our, our stakeholders in our regulatory process that are there to ensure that there's not, you know, unnecessary costs shifted to different customer classes. These are utility customers that are paying for something extra, and those extra costs shouldn't be passed on to all the non-participating customers as well. I think that's a unique part of the utility. You can really manage a lot of that risk that customers would have to take on themselves. But needless to say, customers are doing and buying into renewable projects through the utility, through third parties, they're decoupling from the utility, and 
it's really everything in between. And so what we're seeing in the marketplace is more sophisticated customers. And so on this call today and on this during this session, I know that people are going to be thinking, well, you've, you've contracted with really, really large customers, but there's also a smaller customers in which have a renewable goal and they need to achieve that goal. And they would love to work with the utility to in order to achieve that goal. So kind of what advice would you give for those mid-tier to smaller customers that can't go out and perhaps purchase their own renewable project, but want to buy into something with maybe a core tenant? Yeah, one of the really cool things about the green tariff and that 160 megawatts that we talked about was the ability to really aggregate demand for for one project, right? And go out and get economies of scale, as well as really like leverage the utilities expertise and just regional presence, right? We we know what projects in our region. We talk to developers all the time about who has projects, which ones are the good ones. And then those customers get to essentially say, hey, I want renewable power, utility, go do all the work. And we're happy to do that, right? We're happy to go do that. Going back to your question, one of the things that I think utilities perhaps in the past, including Portland General, didn't do a good job of was engaging with customers about these conversations. And if you haven't done that in the past five years, that's probably a good window. Do it again. Because I think we're in a spot, you know, I don't think Portland General is unique in the fact that we're really trying to, to change from a more utility, essential service type organization to a customer focused organization. We want to do what our customers want. And renewable power is is probably top of the list, right below potentially reliability. So if you haven't had a conversation about renewable power in the past couple of years with your utility, go do it. See what they have available. We know that there's many programs like this program across the country. And I expect that there's more programs that come out, right? Because two years ago, what the, the buzzword is additionality. Now it's 100% carbon free. I mean, it's just, it evolves so fast in terms of what customers want that I think there'll be endless offerings from, well, I hope there'll be endless offerings from your utility to help keep up. Yeah. I love that advice. I mean, I think regionally you sit in an area where it's really great, the amount of regulatory support that you have in order to get these green tariffs off the ground. I mean, I think that's goes way above and beyond, but any advice for those folks that are in a deregulated market or something within an organized market, would your advice be the same? Go to your utility, see what they can do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we don't have an organized market up here. For us, I think what we try to balance is, again, like we recognize that if we can't meet what you want, you're going to have to look for a different option. But we're working really hard to provide an option that that meets your needs and actually has some advantages over other options, right? And to be perfectly honest, like there's so much demand for renewables and carbon-free energy right now, I think it takes multiple solutions to get to a, a truly decarbonized grid, right? Like one service provider can't do it all. It's going to have to be shared across multiple different entities. And I think the, the utility is one of the important ones, right? Honestly, just because it's already set up to be able to accomplish these things with what business they're doing. And Portland General still is very active in the generation side of the energy industry where not all utilities are. But at the same time, I think across the country, utilities are, are learning that 
they need to be able to offer their customers what they want. And to do so is, is to offer products like this. Right. And you do sit in BPA land. So there's, a, there's quite a bit of hydro up and around you. Yeah. I think we're in a really good spot here. We've had a lot of customers that they get to leverage our already existing carbon-free portfolio. And that's what we saw a lot of customer interest in the in the Green Future program was that they didn't have to go 100% of their load. They just had to go the remaining 60 to 70% of their load that's not already covered by our, our carbon-free footprint. What I've noticed, Brian, is a lot of folks hold how they do these procurements and their processes and best practices really close to the best. What they're doing, how they're contracting. I mean, inevitably, I think contracting for whether it be developers or customers kind of is a pain point for both parties. And you're kind of trying to meet in the middle of both of what the customer needs and what the developer needs. Portland Gen being the customer in this circumstance. You have a little bit more weight to push around being a utility, but I think the audience would love to know any kind of best practices that you've seen. You did mention listening to the customer, which I think is first and foremost, but I would love to know any other best practices that you've seen going out and going through the solicitation process. One of the main challenges that that we have is is trying to come up with a well-understood starting point, right? There's so many complexities in renewable contracting and there's so many different entities that that hold different components of that to be extremely important, right? So there's there's certain things that Portland General looks for when they enter into renewable contracting. There's certain things that, that much of the IPP community is looking for as well. And then CNI customers too, right? I mean, they're out there signing these contracts as well. And they, they have different needs. We all have, we all have different needs, but it's really hard to start with a blank slate, right? So how do you get those, those requirements that are required out there and in a way that folks can really understand the, the common definitions to avoid a lot of negotiation down the road? And that's something that, to be perfectly honest, we haven't perfected yet. I think we're getting better at it. We're doing renewable procurements more often. We know where the, the, the pain points will be. We know in some instances where, where certain entities will be, right? We contract right. enough. But how do we get enough different perspectives in there to establish those like core items that we can be super transparent about from the beginning and say, hey, these things are, I don't want to say non-negotiable, but these things are of the most utmost important to PGE. So like, Make sure that these have been addressed so that we don't get four or five months down the road in, in negotiations and then find out that there is a key component that just wasn't, wasn't considered by the, by the renew, renewable project. Right. Well, it's almost as if you don't want to sacrifice standardization for creativity because customers need are different. And I think what I'm seeing, because we see customers at all different aspects of the process, we see customers that they're at stage one and they're putting out an RFP for a renewable strategy versus customers that are in the execution phase and, then, and they're ready to sign on the dotted line for that contract of their first or second or fifth PPA. And then we see customers on the back end that are trying to figure out how to optimize 
those assets? Like, what are you going to do with these projects now that they're online, now that we're moving forward? And it's really in my portfolio. I mean, I think customers are becoming way more advanced. And thanks to organizations, I think like the SED and, and other organizations and webinars and Reba, um, we're able to really bring out some some good qualities from all parties. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's 100% spot on. And the nice thing is like, you know, as everybody continues their journey, they figure out, I, I do feel like we've made a lot of progress in terms of the first time we went out for renewable procurement to now and market kind of converges in certain areas and that makes things a lot easier and able to standardize. Right. Last question. I'd be remiss not to ask you how you thought COVID was going to affect the renewables business. I I think those on the line would love to hear a utilities perspective and I would too. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the good news is we have, we currently have a project in construction the Wheat Ridge energy, Wind Energy Facility, which is a combination of wind, solar, and storage that we're that we're really proud of, and unimpacted by COVID so far, which is which is like first off an amazing accomplishment by that project's developer. Beyond that, when COVID first hit, we knew that our demand would change. Right, we weren't sure how that would change. We are still trying to to understand that as things open up and then close back down again. Right, I think that's pretty commonplace across the country. I think what the utility is planning on is that any sort of load increase, demand increase is probably not going to happen. And we're probably looking at significant load reductions as businesses come off and more folks work from home, right? We weren't as impacted as, as some other areas, which is, which is great from, from our perspective. But at the same time, we were really nervous about how it would impact all of our different renewable initiatives. We have really ambitious carbon reduction goals as a company beyond what the state has for us. And we were, we were very curious as to whether customers would want, and well, a part of that is we want to use to get there. We needed customers to take it, help us get there. Right. We needed right. to say, we want to go further faster. And we were worried about how COVID would impact conversations about voluntary renewable programs. And our reality that we're seeing is that it really hasn't slowed down. Renewable energy, I think, is still is still something that, despite all the issues that COVID presents, will continue. That's that's our view. We absolutely saw a little bit of, I would say, just pause as folks tried to understand the impacts of COVID. Mm-hmm. But things are clearer in terms of people understand. You know, it will be here for a while. Our lives will be impacted for for quite some time. They're recognizing that they still want to advance their sustainability goals. And is that all customers? Certainly not, right? There's some that absolutely have to have to focus in on other items, but we're seeing that customers want to continue that renewable journey. And that's both for our regular utility cost of service offerings, as well as our voluntary renewable programs, which is, which is really exciting to see. I would say the same. Our utility customers are our best ones and like moving into Yes, it will be affecting us. We don't know quite how in the corporate space, but it's a fun journey to be on. Thank you, Tiffany and Brian, for this important conversation. It's definitely eye-opening to hear the opportunity and unmet demand in this space. 
and we look forward to seeing how both NLX and Portland General Electric continue to navigate the energy transition. To our listeners, thanks for engaging with our content and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. And to learn about how you can become a part of the next edition of our Renewable Energy Sourcing Forum, taking place December 7 through 11, visit our website, smartenergydecisions.com, or email our event operations director, Lisa Carroll, at her email address, lisa at smartenergydecisions.com. We're excited about sharing conversations with leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. 